This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 25th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. A Financial Times poll indicates that Americans and Europeans are less than favorable toward globalization. Indur Goklani, author of the Cato Institute book, The Improving State of the World, responds. According to a new poll in Financial Times, large majorities of Americans and Europeans believe that their governments should tax the rich more. Uh, Europeans actually go a step further. They would like to see their governments institute pay caps for executives. The newspaper says it could, it's meant to counter unjustified rewards and what they perceive to be the negative effects of globalization. I have no idea how these polls were taken, but uh, uh, when people ask, uh, are asked questions uh, regarding uh, whether or not uh, taxes should be raised on a, on a higher level of income, a lot of people will say yes, but if they were also asked at the same time, would you be willing to increase taxes on higher level on, on uh, uh, upper income people if it means that perhaps your income will also go down? I think they would get a different uh, uh, response. You know, one of the things we've seen in the United States is that as tax rates have gone down, revenues to the government have and, and have uh, uh, actually increased. More importantly, the economy seems to be doing a lot, lot better. If the economy wasn't doing a lot better, a lot more people would have trouble finding jobs, retaining jobs, and they would themselves be more economically insecure. And I think it's uh, uh, incorrect methodology on the part of polls to ask people without alerting them to the consequences of what their responses might entail. That's one response that I have. The other thing is, I'm concerned if people withdraw from uh, globalization, the effects could be tragic in the developing world. Uh, in the last, uh, since 1981, the number of people in absolute poverty, that is the number of people who consume less than $1 a day, has dropped by about 150 million people. And at the same time, the proportion of the population that uh, that was, uh, I'm giving numbers for 1990, the proportion of the population that was uh, absolutely poor in 1990 was 28 percent, and today it's uh, down to 20 percent. And the difference has been uh, globalization. We find that the high economic growth rates in China and India, which are made possible only because of globalization, are the reasons why fewer and fewer people are falling below the line of absolute poverty. It's not clear to me that we are doing anybody a favor by taking a step back and moving away from globalization. The third point I'd like to make is that many of the goods that we have in our own homes are made in the developing world. Now, many of these goods we either not possess ourselves or the cost would be much higher. It's not clear to me that when the poll questions were asked, they were also reminded that a reduction in globalization would mean that many of the, the computers that they own, the cell phones that they own, etc., the cost of them would all be much higher today than, uh, than otherwise. And it seems to me that uh, in some ways uh, one can't really trust them, these polls because they, don't, they ask people for responses without alerting them to the consequences. And uh, that's one thing. And I think uh, the people have to be aware of, of the consequences of what it is that they're hoping for or wanting.
And without that, you really can't make decent public policy. Critics of globalization point out that wealth and well-being are not the same thing, and you have conducted some studies of well-being as they relate to the rich and the poor. So how is that gap actually performing? Actually, uh, I think that's an excellent point. Um, and I happen to agree that income is not the whole thing. The reason why people want income is to improve their well-being. And what we find is that until about 1950, the gaps in well-being, in terms of the gaps in life expectancy, the gaps in infant mortality, etc., expanded until about 1950 uh, and 1960. But after that, they started to shrink. This means that uh, while life expectancies went up in the United States, for example, they went up much more rapidly in the developing world. So these gaps actually shrank. So in fact, what's happened is that, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that's a much better thing uh, uh, for gaps in well-being to decline. And there's a reason for that. Uh, the dependence of, uh, uh, say, life expectancy, which is one of the best indicators of human well-being, on, uh, on income levels is non-linear. And we find that at the lowest levels of income, it is much easier to raise life expectancy with a little bit of additional income. Whereas if you are very wealthy, a little bit of additional income really isn't going to make all that much difference to your life expectancy. So generally for the world, globalization, which has raised income levels around the world, and especially in developing countries, has been a force for progress. Indoor Goklani is author of the Cato Institute book, the Improving State of the World, Why We're Living Longer, Healthier, More Comfortable Lives on a Cleaner Planet. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Please check out the new video casts available at cato.org.